Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with systems engineer Eric Scott. He has over 21 years of experience in designing supercomputers. Beyond his professional life, he is a dedicated jiu-jitsu practitioner and a former CrossFit competition judge. His fitness journey spans 28 years exploring various modalities and even participating in endurance-based events like Gorek Rucking. One significant turn in his journey was battling five years of severe back pain, leading him to explore MSC stem cell treatment in Colombia, resulting in a remarkable transformation. Today, he's not only a proud newlywed, but also a committed advocate for health and fitness, having shed 20 pounds in just a month and a half. Enjoy this interview. Thanks for taking a minute out. And I want to begin with surviving the pandemic, the last three and a half years. How did you get through it and how did it change you? Yeah, for me being in tech, you know, it, it was it was interesting because we're used to being in the office. And so it's at the leadership level, right? And and you know, it's it's when you had to work from home, I had already done that, right? You know, especially mobile traveling and such. And <clears throat> I think I think the adjustment was maybe not just being around team members and and and, and stuff like that, but um you know, it's very interesting because you begin to to manage all of this, you know, these differences and uh, find different ways to move through the limitations, right? Yeah. So, you know, I know you're a systems engineer and I know that you're in tech, but let's get to the crux of what you do. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids is curious and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How would you answer them? I build computers, right? It, it, you know, if you just take the most basic computer, your iPad or your laptop, you know, I focus on the hardware, on how all those components work together. So you can see the images on the screen, right? So you can interact with the with the smartphone, the, the tablet, uh, the PC. Um, I've actually even taught in Florida. It was, um, it was a girl's home, taught some basic foundational computer skills and brought in some colleagues from the company I was at. And, you know, we just uh, took an old computer and opened it up and, you know, explained all the different components, right? And just the basics of how a computer works. So <clears throat> I would really just lift up the keyboard and say, you know, this is your entry point, right? Whether it's a phone or a tablet. And, you know, those signals go into the computer, move across you know, the memory, the board, and into the CPU. And that's this square looking thing in the middle of the board. And you know, when you have output that ends up on a hard drive or some sort of SSD or some sort of cloud device, you know, where, you know, depending on, you know, what we're discussing, but yeah, I would, I would start at the very basics. Yeah. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream? I liked motorcycle racing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You and I raced BMX. Okay. You know, I had a motorcycle. Uh, I didn't quite get that far, but I raced BMX growing up in Southern California. My dad was a machinist. So very early he taught us how to, you know, work with electronics, how to weld, how to braze, how to solder, uh, how to take a bike apart, put it back together. 
um, just basically do all our own maintenance. So is that where the fascination with technology came in? Did it kind of, were those the seeds that grew into this? It really is because from there I went into ham radio and CB radio communications where I was, I was putting antenna systems together at home and lifting them off the side of my house. And, you know, these, these, these great big powerful systems and, you know, modifying ham radios top rated CB radio frequencies so I could get more power and output because usually CB radios have a limitation of three to four watts, sometimes two. Ham radios can go to the hundreds and thousands of watts. So yeah, I think it really just started from there, the fascination of how electronics work. Yeah. And I was able to talk all over the United States and all over the world on those communication systems at, at a CB radio level. And, um, you know, the interesting thing was, Here's this, here's this 12 year old kid talking to all these adults all over the world. Right. And, you know, it just the, the, the fascination and the, the simplicity of it, you know, knowing I built the system for the most part that allowed me to do that was really interesting. So what in, in our lifetime of going through technology, I mean, we've gone through, I mean, we're probably in this similar age category. We've seen an incredible amount of technological growth. What do you think has been the most breakthrough, brilliant, genius, life-changing thing that we've seen in our lives? That's a good question. And it's it's pretty diverse, right? You know, it, yeah. could, it could span a, a great amount of, of technology stacks. But, you know, if, if I focus on where I've been operating in the past 21 years in high-performance computing and supercomputers, it's the development of low latency, high speed networks to move data, like InfiniBand, for example. You know, that it's, it's right now InfiniBand is operating at 400 gigabits a second. And, you know, it's moving up to 800 and you can move very large volumes of data. But more than that, I would say cloud adoption right? Because some of those supercomputing centers, they're very focused on on-premise and, you know, what can be done on-premise. But I think it's the development of cloud and the advancement in the software that runs these advanced algorithms to solve larger and larger computational problems for science and engineering. Yeah. Who's been a hero for you in your life? Who's inspired you to be who you are? I think it's my dad, yeah. right? Because he was always working something on something hard. And, you know, he, he kind of refused to pay anyone that for something that he could do himself. And at the, it still goes on to this day, you know, instead of buying a boat, he makes a boat or he builds a boat. You know, uh, we were walking through his garage the other day and he was looking around. He's like, you know, the, all this stuff. You're going to have to think about what you're going to do with it one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Who would you love to meet and talk to? Probably Elon Musk, yeah. right? And it's just the, the advances in technology he's brought to the forefront and not really thought about all the naysayers and just said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out a way to do it. I'm going to go all in and develop these various technologies 
I used to live near SpaceX in Florida on the coast, and I could hear the rockets go off and just walk out the door and see them, right? Um, and, and knowing about space and some technologies that I've been involved with. And um, yeah, I, I think that would be a good, good conversation. I saw that over the pandemic. It was around May. We were out in the back, had a bonfire. And of course, we had no idea what was going on. As far as we were concerned, the metaphor was the world was on fire. We didn't know when the yeah. pandemic was going to stop. And then all of a sudden, all these little diodes of light start going over me. And I'm like, I finally get to see the spaceship. Like all of those kid close encounters dreams were coming true. And then I did a, a search and it was his SpaceX, and it was crazy because it all arced over, and they all just eclipsed on the on the uh, horizon line. It was wild. Yeah, growing up, I lived in the Mojave Desert, north of Los Angeles, and you know you had Edwards Air Force Base out there, you had Lockheed, you had Rockwell, the Skunk Works projects. That's where the stealth bomber was created, the stealth fighter, SR seventy one was retired right down the street from me. And, you know, just watching all of that and, you know, working with telescopes in the you know, very early portions of my life, I just I just think that that outer boundary in space is super interesting and it takes tech to do it right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. So um, what is the motivation for you every day? What is it that gets you out of bed? What is it that gets you to be who you are and to do the things that you do? Yeah, I, I really spend, I wake up early to, to spend time on myself for self-development and, you know, health and fitness is a big part of what I do. But, you know, when it comes to tech and, you know, what I do in the area of supercomputing, it really drives me to help the scientists and engineers develop the answers they're looking for when they're running their algorithms on these really big systems because it's you know number one if it's oil and gas it's it's you know finding hydrocarbons and how do we get them to the subsurface for use if it's you know eda electronic design automation it's you know designing chips for a smartphone or you know your your basic uh, compute system and you know, just seeing the answers and the results and the excitement that comes from, you know, putting these large systems together, it's, that's what drives and motivates me. And a lot of the times um, people get a little too hung up in the hardware and the big data centers and all the flashing lights. And it's really not about that. It's about this, the science and the engineering, the results that the systems produce. Not that they're always right results. You know, yeah. um, but it's also exciting in, in some way to, and it drives me because these, th these big systems break and when they break, it's at scale. It's at a very, very large scale and becomes a very complex problem. And, you know, you, you, you're sitting with the best minds in the world to resolve some of these issues. Right. And, uh, at the end of the day, the scientists and the engineers just want to know, Hey, when can I run these jobs again? When can I start producing some output that possibly leads us in uh, a direction that we can make a decision on something right so so are you a mac or a or a uh, windows guy at home it's mac yeah okay yeah 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 yep. you know i didn't realize till later on that macs were made it is difficult like i started windows i think a lot of people did and 
I always thought that the Mac OS and the whole architecture of it was strange, but that was actually made for the end user, whereas Windows machines were made for accountants and people that were doing more hardcore stuff. And I didn't realize that till later on. That was wild. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on the basis of Mac OS is Unix. Yeah. You know, you can all of the same commands you, you, you run here. Um, you know, and of course I use the Mac for different reasons at home, but you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's the foundations of Unix, right? So it's those, that's what all supercomputers are basically run on these days. Unix yeah. and Linux. Yeah, a absolutely. What's been one of the best success stories? One of the proudest things you've been involved with as far as being a professional? I would say when I was in upstream oil and gas, I helped uh, a big major oil and gas company, Shell Oil, in this case, you know, find oil shell in Northwest Colorado and developed all of the high performance computing systems that allowed the reservoir engineers, geoscientists, geophysicists to properly model the subsurface and bring those hydrocarbons to the surface to analyze, you know, possibly put in production. This is all R&D. It was one of the biggest R&D projects uh, Shell EMP had, you know, we we're spending maybe 25% of the world Dutch uh, budget globally, which is quite a bit when it comes to a hundred billion dollar company. But all of those systems were developed by me and supported by me, right? And that helped really catapult the R&D effort. And the systems kept growing because, you know, what happens with supercomputers and, and a lot of these models is as soon as you build a big enough system to solve a particular modeling problem where the where their computations can run properly and in a, in a fair amount of time, the scientists and engineers will produce those answers to leadership and the leadership will go, hey, that's great, but can we add this and add this? And what if, you know, these different scenarios and that makes the model bigger right? Yeah. So you got to go back and produce a bigger hardware system, right? And then there's a there's a trade-off where, okay, now we have all of this compute capability, but the software has a limitation, right? So you got to go work with the software engineers, the computer scientists uh, to, to really say, hey, here's the kind of architecture we have. What can we do with the software to, you know, increase the capability? Yeah. What's been the best advice you've ever gotten? I would say it's it's around leadership. You know, you don't need to be in a leadership role to be a leader. You can lead as an individual contributor, but, you know, be focused on your work. Listen, involve people in the decision process. You don't own everything. You bring the right people to the table and you give everyone at the table a seat and a decision keeping decision making capability right um because oftentimes you'll you'll see these scenarios where the best minds come in the room and then it's one or two people talking the whole time right it's like well why do we need all these people then right you don't yeah. you don't if if there's two people talking all the time and they have all the answers well then yeah that, that's a short meeting yeah. between two people right but it's giving everyone at the seat and the feedback I've always gotten because of that is, hey, you make me feel like I'm valued. 
right? You make me feel like the information I'm putting forward, you know, my ideas, my strategy, my thoughts on different things is is important and I'm in the room for a reason. So yeah, that, yeah. that would be it. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 20-year-old version of yourself and you could give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life. What advice would you impart on that young version of you? Yeah, I would say learn leadership earlier, right? And and that is so important because you can lead from the front, you can lead from the rear, you can, you know, include people as much as you can, but it, it's also your communi communication style that needs to be developed. And it's, you know, because you're going to get the on-the-job training, some of the best training you can get right it's, it's not necessarily at the university level um it's it's gonna be i would say diving into communication learning that well and being able to articulate what your thoughts are so everyone out there has a perception of you family friends clients colleagues but you run the show what's your perception of you who do you think you are I think I'm someone that's pretty fair, right? But stern as well, right? You know, when there's time to get work done, we got to go. When there's a decision to be made, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, sit around and wait on the perfect scenario, right? You just have to make a decision based on the information you have. And I would say that's that that's important because it's so many times. You know, across corporate America, companies get hung up in, I don't have enough decision or I don't have enough information to make a decision. And it, and it holds a lot up. So if anyone out there, let, let me ask you this. Sorry, I, I had a I had a little glitch with the light for a second. So let me ask you this. You, you seem like an adventurous spirit. If we get off the phone and a time machine pulls up in front of your house. And you can go anywhere in time and see one event in human history. Where are you going to go? What, what would you love to see? Oh, that's interesting. I would, I would say, you know, development of this first uh, space shuttle. Yeah. You know, and learn about that. And why was it important to NASA? Why was it important to the government? You know, um, at what point did it lead to us pulling back and, you know, on our space exploration? But yeah, I would, I would lean towards something that's not so far in the future because I just, you know, talked about something that's past tense, right. And in, in terms of using a time machine, I would go back a little bit and then leverage and learn how can we use that, you know, information or how could I use that for the future? You know, um, there's a point in time where in Afghanistan, the military didn't have quick access to supercomputers in Afghanistan. Once imagery was coming in from the troops out on the, on, on the front lines. So there was a blimp flying around Afghanistan with the supercomputer in it. So those images would go up, process, push back down to the, to the command centers, right? So it could be you know, make as much real-time decisions as possible. So yeah, I, I think something in that category would be good for me. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, learn more about you, anything about your world, where can they go? Where's the best place? Yeah, you can find me at Eric L. Scott on LinkedIn. 
um, Eric L. Scott, E-R-I-K on Instagram. And yeah, happy to chat with anyone about technology and supercomputers and leadership and life in general. Yeah. Right on. Eric, this has been great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your story. Have a great 2024. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. 